What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast from MetalNexus.net, where you can keep up with all the music news and going-ons within the metal and hard rock realm. With me, as always, is Daniel Terry, and this episode's guest is Frankie Palmieri, vocalist for Amir. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. This was a fun conversation to do. Um, it got a little nerdy in a couple of places. It got a little um, world conspiracy in a couple of places. This conversation goes in some pretty wild directions. I uh, definitely wanted to be very loose with this conversation because I felt like it very much followed Frankie's uh, podcast, which if you haven't heard Frankie's podcast, it is literally the Frankie Palmieri podcast. Uh, go find him on Twitter at the Frankie Palmieri, uh, and you will find the link to his podcast. There's about five episodes, and they're about 30 minutes long. They are basically, uh, I would say, oral diaries, uh for lack of a better term, and uh, it's been pretty interesting because, like, leading up to this conversation, I definitely think uh, I wanted it to be more of that vibe, just very off-the-cuff, very in the moment, and I don't know if that's necessarily what works best. I mean, we kind of have a format, and we're kind of known for a certain interview style, but sometimes we like to switch it up and, and have fun with the guest and just kind of see where things go, and uh, I, I don't know. I know Dan kind of likes those interviews a little bit more. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Um, I always like hearing people's ideals about the world and kind of like where they're at as far as like how they think the world works, especially in the world of social media, which is where me and John kind of live for the most part, you know, as far as uh, obviously we have like real lives too, but um, a lot of the stuff that goes on, you know, it's like if I don't see it first, John sees it. And so there's always all this news and controversy and, and all this stuff going on in the world. And so it's always fun just to kind of see if like anybody else is experiencing that, you know, and if they are, you know, how do they feel about it? Yeah, I definitely think that's something I, I've wanted to touch on more with some of the guests that we've had on is just their worldly traveling experiences, because I know I've kind of hit on this a couple of times where basically saying that, like, I've definitely gotten more of an understanding of the world I live in because of the traveling my wife and I have gotten to do, you know, and I, I don't think there's any other way that you could experience that and walk away from those experiences having that same outcome, because... You get to see different cultures. You get to see different ways of life other than what you're used to seeing day in and day out. And I've not had the opportunity yet to travel internationally, but I assume that it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock. And the more you get to do it, obviously, because of the art that you're making like Frankie does or any of the people that we get to talk to, I can't help but think that it makes you a little bit more of a well-rounded person, a more worldly person who has more understanding of what's going on around you because of these experiences you get to have and i'd love to talk about it more but as you probably will hear me say depending on how well i can edit it uh sometimes the question doesn't always come out quite the way i want it to as well articulated as i wanted it to but that doesn't negate the fact that these people have really interesting experiences and as such have i think a better informed opinion of the world we live in yeah and you know it's it's good to always kind of bounce that stuff off of people too because like i know if i don't talk to people about some of these views and opinions i can sometimes find myself being like wow i've gone really off the deep end with some of this stuff and sometimes it's fun to talk to somebody that's already gone off the deep end on some of this stuff and uh, i feel like this interview had a little bit of both yeah i definitely think if you listen to uh again frankie's podcast if you even go back and listen to him on the most recent jo well justice podcast i think you only get to listen to the the most recent 15 so uh as of the time of this coming 
coming out. If you haven't heard that, uh, hopefully it's not in the archives yet. But if it is not, go back, listen to that interview, because there's some stuff that Frankie touches on that we kind of touch on in here. And I definitely think it's it's new territory for, for this podcast. Uh, we don't really kind of get into many conspiracy theories, uh, for lack of a better word, and sometimes it's fun, like Dan said, to kind of talk about things that are not the norm, kind of talk about interesting theories that happen in the world. I mean, I I definitely kind of, it's funny that Frankie brought up the whole, you know, basically there might be a time in the future where you think about doing something bad and and basically please come and get you, um, which is sort of the crux of Minority Report. You know, basically there's future police and, and they will capture you before you do a future crime. You know, these telepathic twins or whatever the fuck they were, uh, can sense before it happens and it's kind of weird because like you know i've been thinking about like if if someone were to judge me based on the thoughts i had and didn't act out i probably would have already been in jail not because i would do anything violent but just because i, I kind of have fucked up thoughts just about things in general just taking things to the nth degree and i think that's what kind of makes people people like if you don't think kind of really fucked up really far out there things it seems like a kind of shallow existence to be living yeah absolutely and uh, the weird thing about the whole, like, getting arrested for a future crime thing that I've always thought was weird is, like, well, you still technically didn't connect, commit the crime. No. And, like, there's literally, like, an entire world out there that could potentially stop you. Well, the thing that's that was kind of interesting even about that, though, is, like, it sort of – and, again, I didn't really articulate this that well – is it sort of like my thought, you know, that I kind of was prosing to Frankie about, you know, we're constantly evolving as people – but, you know, we sometimes get condemned based on things that we have said previously. And if everyone would agree that, you know, we're always constantly evolving and growing as people, then at what point, like, do you hold people up based on things that they have said in the past? Because that may be who you were then, but it's not who you are now or who you are going to become. So same thing. If you're thinking about a crime or whatever and and you haven't committed it, Yet, who's to say that maybe with more forethought or for, you know, thinking about things in general, you're going to come to the conclusion like, that's bad. I shouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, it's definitely some definitely some food for thought, you know, and uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's it just a lot of fun to talk about this stuff because we don't normally get to do that in the confines of a music interview. No, most assuredly. Uh, something else, speaking of food for thought, I uh, went out and had a delicious uh, meal with my wife recently. And uh, I haven't posted the photo yet. I sent it to Dan, but I mean, we are on the Brutally Speaking podcast and we talk about the various drinks that we had. And uh, I had a drink at a place called uh, Sanchez. It's a uh, tapas place, not a topless, a tapas. But they have really interesting drinks and the drink menu is always uh, changing. And uh, so I had something that kind of sounded interesting. Uh, It was called Tequila Mockingbird. Uh, Very good play on words. And uh, it's basically uh, Milagro Silver Tequila, Liqueur 43, Lemon Juice, Raspberries, and a Lemon Lime Soda. Uh, It was poured kind of in a nice, like, uh, it's kind of, I don't know what the actual barware would be called, but it's kind of like a very, like, uh, short stem area and then kind of gets elongated toward the top. Uh, It's kind of what you would see, like, you know, like a nice lemonade. Like, you see people, like, drinking lemonade out of them and so forth. Um, I guess a high, not a highball. I don't know what it is. But, uh, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty good. I definitely felt a little uh, emasculated, sort of drinking this very uh, bright red drink. And then I looked over and saw a uh, another bald-headed gentleman that was about four hundred pounds drinking one too with a, a big gnarly beer. And I was like, "All right, I feel okay I now. This. Yeah, I got yeah. this. It's it's cool." 
But uh, yeah, it was very delicious. Uh, Dan, what did what did you have this week that uh, kind of knocked your socks off? Uh, well, I'm really getting into this uh, Four Hands Brewery here in St. Louis, and they make a lot of really cool beers. Uh, but the one I've been rocking lately is one called Divided Sky, uh, which is a rye IPA. Um, you're gonna notice that's a common theme with me is I like really bitter tasting IPAs, and Divided Sky did not let me down whatsoever. And uh, I just like it because of how harsh it is, and it's like um, I don't know, it's like almost like drinking a death metal song, I guess if that's uh the only way i can put it um it's gonna knock you off your feet especially if you have too many of them um the alcohol content actually isn't too high it's like a 6.5 which for a lot of people is considered high but well since a lot of the ipas ipas i drink are like seven or eight percent you know on a base level you know (laughs) um it it seems like low alcohol content for me but uh in reality i think it's actually the perfect mix because this is one that i can kind of just sit and drink for a while uh without having to worry about like not being able to like you know drive myself home later and speaking of a perfect mix i think uh it's time to get into our conversation with frankie palmieri we will talk to you guys afterwards So we have the pleasure this evening of talking to Frankie Palmieri, vocalist for Amur, a fellow podcaster as of uh, earlier this month. And uh, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, but I am going to start it with this because today I was going back and listening to all of Amur's discography, and I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to. Uh I came to this interesting opinion today. Your latest record, to me, reminded me of how I felt when I first heard Issues by Korn. And I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if it's the growth, if it's the maturity, if it's just the overall vibes that that record puts out. But I was going to tell you that today, your, your look at yourself to me is your Issues. Okay. Yeah, sure. That sounds cool. I can appreciate that. Like, I'm not really sure how to... I'm not, I can't say anything really about your opinion, you know, if that's, how, if that's how you feel. I'm not offended at all. I love corn, so... That, that. Could you just start with that? Like, knowing where that band was at the time and kind of how Issues was kind of a, a bit of a shift to what I would say is more of a fully realized corn sound, do you feel like Look at Yourself kind of in the same avenue has is your band at this point kind of fully realized knowing where you're going well i mean a big reason why there's a couple big reasons but one of the very major reasons why look at yourself sounds and feels the way it does is because i was finally able to take full control of what i want the album to be like you know so i got to pick every riff every song everything you know i i was able to actually steer this in direction 110% the way I see fit. Obviously, having Josh involved took it to a new place creatively where I was able to take from a a plethora of amazing ideas and riffs and work on music together with him. And so there's that both those elements are what make that record what it is, you know? Um, So is it fully realized? I don't know. I don't I don't say that per se, but it's definitely what I've always driven to accomplish was to just make a record that you could listen to from track one to the very end and not have to skip a beat 
you know, there's there's no way your record that I've, I've ever been a part of that I can say in full confidence every track is worth listening to until Look at Yourself was completed. So that's how I feel about it. So in, in kind of talking about the podcast that you have that you recently started, you know, it's been kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of a lot of band people, when you listen to either like the Josta podcast or a lot of podcasts that musicians are on and, and everyone kind of talks about this uh like tour depression, you know, like once tour is over, you know, and the kind of getting reacclimated to quote unquote normal life, I've really gotten this sense that like we as fans of you are able to kind of see you go through this because I mean you're you're coming home right off of the New Year's Eve show uh, and some of the other little bit of touring you were do to wrap up the year, and then you're kind of because it's you're not talking to anyone else other than kind of yourself in a room. I feel like we're kind of seeing what it's like to kind of come home from tour and just kind of be like, wow, I'm, okay, I'm home and, and I have shit to do and uh, I'm feeling these things and, and kind of working through them. Has that kind of have you noticed that? Have you listened back to your episodes at all and kind of seen that that's kind of something that's unfolding? Um, I listen to my podcasts like for long enough until I hate myself. I'm like, okay, I'm done listening to this. <laughs> I'll let I'll let the rest of the world figure it out. But um yeah, I mean I'm not really sure how to take what you're saying and ex- explain it further. But I mean yeah, you know, being on the road is definitely a particular kind of lifestyle and when you're not doing that, you kinda have to figure out what to do with yourself and make your time, you know, worthwhile, whatever you're doing. I mean touring and playing music is definitely the most fun and interesting thing about my life. So when I'm not doing that, I'm trying to work on other facets of myself to better myself so that other parts of my life are just as equally as good. So um, I just consider life to be one big, long self-improvement. You know, you're constantly trying to figure out what works for you and, uh, you know, what balancing survival and happiness kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure I even answered your question enough for you or, or explained it well enough, but there's definitely uh, a duality between um, – being on the road and then all of a sudden it comes to a halt and you're kind of stuck figuring out to do yourself. So. I guess I just wasn't sure if like you realized how vulnerable you kind of put yourself out there to be in, in doing the podcast the way you're doing it as of now. I just wasn't sure if like, you know, you've kind of enjoyed just having this outlet to kind of speak and, and kind of let people get more of a personal glimpse than maybe they ever have with you. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, truth of the matter is i usually skip the beat on a lot of stuff like a lot of things that come into the to the media spectrum like i didn't i never like i i was late to twitch i'm late to fucking podcasting now i'm late to like youtube like all these things that people are using to kind of um make their brand bigger and more known are things that i, I was always like no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that you know i do music i do music so i don't gotta do that i do music but honestly it's not enough like you need to do a lot more and I'm kind of learning that now that any which way you can get your name out there and expose people to what you're about and your brand, then that's what you should be doing. So that's part of why I do the podcast is to give people another thing to latch themselves onto that hopefully they enjoy to get something out of it. If not, whatever, I'm not really worried about that part. But again, it's just to kind of continue to expand on my own personal brand, which is pretty much me and the music and, uh, what I've been doing the past, you know, 17 years of my life. <laughs> so here we are. Do you ever worry about overexposure? You know, like what you were saying about, you know, I do music. Why do I need to do all this other stuff? I um, used to. Yeah. I used to worry about it. I, I used to think that, again, like, why should I do this all extra stuff when I'm doing music? But the truth of the matter is, like, it's not enough. 
like people the way the way people work is that they need constant content of some sort always so uh if you're not doing that you're kind of losing and losing a, a spot in the race so to speak so i'm just trying to have my my ticket in the race man it's really it if uh, people can keep listening to the podcast and that means they'll buy the next record cool you know and vice versa so that's kind of the whole point with everything i do you know you brought up something on uh, i think it was the episode four maybe it was three uh, you talked about basically what's been going on with Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari, um, basically having their careers up in upheaval, uh, sort of on. It's, I know now I'm I'm doing what you were doing, where like you're kind of saying like I don't necessarily want to speak out of turn or get people pissed off or anything, but you know basically you know we're in this this whole Me Too movement, which you know is is a great thing that we're you know giving people a voice to not feel like victims and so forth. However. Just like anything else, you know, there are people that abuse it because of whatever they think they can get from it. And that was kind of an interesting thing that you were saying, you know, at least about Louis C.K., you know, basically, like, you don't feel like he really did anything wrong. He asked for consent from these women, and they either did and then decided after the fact, like, well, now I'm not cool with it or whatever. And so it's kind of made me wonder, you know, as you were kind of wrestling with that whole thing, you know, talking about, you know people digging up your past and so forth. Have you really ever thought about, you know, like how your past could affect you with some of the things you may have said in interviews or so forth? Or is it kind of a, a thing where it's almost expected from you at this point? Uh, well, if you're asking me whether or not I care about what people think about me, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I want people to get joy out of my presence on Earth, but you can't have everyone be a fan so you're going to have people who think you're a piece of shit no matter what you do. And there's definitely a lot of people, no matter what I would ever do, whether it be good or bad, would just dislike me anyway. So um, I don't really worry about that too much. Uh, anything I've done in the past, I can't change now. So I don't really worry about that either. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, bro. I mean, I'm, as long as I think you're not like out there hurting people in the world, then to me, you're kind of an all right person. You know, whether or not we should start to figure out when to forgive them. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't play that game, bro. You know, like I guess uh, if people want to hate Louis CK, they can hate Louis CK and he'll still be funny to me. <laughs> I'll still go back and listen <laughs> to his stand up, you know, and I'll be a fan of his forever. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really care what he might've, might've have done or did not do. Um, I don't know. You know. People can hate me for like, or dislike me for things I might've said or decisions I made or songs I've written or whatever. That, that I don't care. You know, that's fine with me. I'm not going to sit around and get lost in that or feel like that, um, you know, calcifies who I am as a person, you know, I'm, I'm much more than that. So, well, and I mean, if they already, if they listen to what you had to say, be it music or on a podcast or, or whatever, if they've already listened to what you had to say and cared enough about you to listen to what you had to say to be offended, then you still kind of win, right? <laughs> I've always I've always heard that the people who are the most hated are just as equally the most loved. So it's it's better to focus on the positives that I get from people and people who are interested in me and what I do rather than focus on people who are quick to write me off or start a campaign against me or whatever. You know, that's all bullshit. So. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I can't really tell you what the hive mind is going to think or do, you know, about shit. Like, you know, I, to me, it's like, I want to say that 
there's there is a, a point where people will figure it out but i just think the way society's heading that we don't want people to have privacy we don't want people to have the ability to have their own thoughts or express their own opinion it's kind of like a game of how much control can we get over everybody so that's where i think it's gonna happen i think eventually you're everyone's gonna have like a a, a chip in their head that basically broadcast their thoughts to the world 24 seven and they'll sell it to us as like a cool like social media tool We're like yeah get on the get on the brainwave everyone's <laughs> on the brainwave you right. know the next thing you know the, ne the next thing you know you have like a thought about uh you know you start thinking about robbing a bank because you're because you're just you're just sitting there daydreaming or whatever and, and yell some cops from you're like hey we got a call that you were thinking about robbing a bank minority you report know? was that what like, that was oh, yeah. oh don't yeah. worry that yeah, I just that's where we're heading. So I think people in general, there's probably more successful people in the world than there are unsuccessful people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean the reverse. There's actually more unsuccessful people than there are successful people. So it's fun for it's fun for unsuccessful people to be a part of the teardown of something they can never be a part of. You know, I, that part I can't explain to you though. You know, I don't know why it's like that, but I know that that definitely there's something to that. You know, where people have a chance to be a part of something and take away the glory of somebody else glory that they'll never achieve people are very attracted to that yeah it's definitely just kind of a self-actualization it makes people feel like they're bringing these quote-unquote godlike figures down to their own level and there's just some kind of like dopamine or something in the brain that just activates for people that maybe you know haven't lived a great life or have made bad decisions so they're like oh well so and so you know it's funny yeah it's really funny is I was I heard this the other day and it's so true. It's like think about Harrison Ford. Like Harrison Ford, like back in the day when Star Wars first came out, there were definitely people who hated Harrison Ford. He thought his movie sucked. <laughs> you know, all but here's the thing, here's the part. No one ever told Harrison Ford, Hey, dude, you suck, your movies suck, you're you're no good. He never got to hear that. There was no right. Twitter. There's nothing there's no social media. So Harrison Ford walked around town like the whole world loves me. This is great. And yeah. the fact that now we have like this tool, this public tool that people use that could, they can use it to pretty much again, like tear somebody down emotionally in their career. I mean, whatever, you know, uh, I think has become like just this weird toxic thing to just humanity in general. Uh, you know, so it's like, it's hard for, to, for people to realize that negativity has always existed but now people finally have a way to fucking broadcast it, you know? So yeah. that it's, I think, I really think personally there should be like some kind of like application you have to fill out to have the internet. <laughs> I think you should have like a certain amount of money in your bank account. I think that, I mean, you should, everyone could have a cell phone and a phone number, but I think that everyone having the internet at this point is doing more bad than good. That's kind of how I feel. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to uh, steer the direction of the conversation into something a little bit more nerdy. Um, it's something that, you know, ever since I started podcasting, I was like, if I ever get to talk to Frankie on a podcast, I want to ask about Speaker for the Dead. Not the album, but the uh, the book. The book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know anything really about Ender's Game too much other okay. than it's like a cool story. Yeah. So you're probably disappointed to hear that I was just inspired by... <laughs> the title you know i just I thought that you. was a cool name um i mean a lot of that stuff with him here like the whole like comic book lyrics video yeah. lyrics like, i do enjoy that stuff 
uh, on a surface level. There's like, like Thanos, the only Marvel character I really give a shit about and have actually read up on and, and really sure. like and enjoy. Um, so it's like everything I've done lyrically, when I, I kind of touch on Street Fighter and stuff like that, yeah. has been because what mostly would happen is I hear a song. Just this, this was back then. This wouldn't happen happen now but i'd hear a song that everyone in the band was really excited about and i go well okay i guess since you're all excited about this i have to write lyrics to this and because i'm a very emotionally driven person when it comes to being creative like unless something sparks something in me i don't just like i can't just latch onto it but i was kind of forced to so i'm like shit you know i'm really not feeling this but i know i have to come up with something so i just dove into a different part of my personality which does love gaming and comics stuff like that and use that as fuel uh, to conjure up lyrics for first speaker of the dead and slave to the game. Uh, most iconically, both just those two records, really, because I wasn't really feeling what we were doing, honestly, with the music. So just kind of uh, threw out whatever, like here, here's some lyrics, you know. <laughs> I was just, I was just trying to, I was trying to pull from somewhere else inside of me that I was passionate about, that I could kind of still tell a story, you know, because to tell my own story through those songs, it didn't match. It just didn't fit. So right. um, I needed to do something along those lines to make it seem like, you know, there's some kind of heart in there. So I just went into a different direction in terms of what inspires me. So I used, gotcha. I used those, all those, I used all those characters. I referenced, like I referenced Ryu and Blackheart and, and Bison. And I kind of used them as like um, role play characters. Like I kind of, I can go into that character and tell you a story from their perspective, you know? Right. Have you ever thought about teaming up with someone and, and writing a story, like a comic or a graphic novel at all? Um, I got approached by somebody once to help write a comic book, but that, that seemed to fizzle out and never really reached back to me. Okay. Um, I also have I also have a project that's in the very, very beginning STEM stages of making a video game with a few people. So I'd like to see that kind of come to fruition one day. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always down to team up with people creatively about stuff and I have ideas and things i think would be cool i mean it's just too bad i'm not really good at anything you know <laughs> if, I was good at, if i was good at coding or like if i felt like i was an amazing writer or something then i'd, I'd get down to it but my my thing is pretty much you know spitting over a, a, a beat you know it's kind of like my forte sure. as someone who's kind of interested in, in a lot of uh behind the scenes like kind of music industry talk i found it kind of interesting i remember at one point when you guys as a band were up you were basically done with uh with victory um and at that time you chose to re-up to do one more record with them and i remember we did the, two more okay I, I wanted to say two but i, I didn't know have that off the top of my head but the thing was is i remember you saying at the time and this is like in the midst of you know the data member lawsuit and all that kind of stuff like just the the pinnacle of bad press for them at the time and you were like yeah, we, we, you know, love working with them. There's no problem, so on and so forth. And then, you know, you're on the Josta podcast that came out a couple of weeks ago. And you're like, yeah, we were basically sprinting to get done with this contract and to get off of victory and so forth. And it was just kind of interesting to, to kind of hear a completely different mentality than what I had heard in an interview with you a couple years prior. And I know shit change can change. And, you know, you can be stoked on something at first and then, you know, a lot of things, a lot of variables will change. But I just kind of wondered, you know, what exactly was it for you that kind of maybe soured you on it that, cause it well, seemed like you were pretty stoked on it at the time. Well, Jamie wanted to get to the bottom of how 
I managed to make four records in four years. You know, <laughs> right. of, it's definitely kind of an anomaly for any band to do that. So it's, it was a, it was like I said on, on his podcast, it was like a survival method because we were surviving through touring and by getting like the record advances and stuff like that. That's just how we were getting by. And also in turn, the faster we got a victory, the sooner we can move on to a bigger and better opportunity. Because while victory actually was like decent to us, like they did come through on you know everything that they kind of promised, which isn't much. It's kind of a bare minimum. But we never got screwed by victory. You know, we wanted to get out of that because we we knew that there's something better waiting for us somewhere. But for what was going on, it was the best thing we, they had going. And then the reason we we re resigned, we resigned twice. Um, was to uh, pretty much like get like the big cash advance they were gonna give us, you know, mm -hmm. and then be like, all right, cool, we're done. It was only for one more album, so to us, it was it was worth it, you know, to kind of keep the ball rolling and keep everyone paid and and happy and stuff. So, um, I mean, again, I can't really say anything bad about Victory, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they they didn't really fuck us in any way. In fact, they were the only record label that actually gave us a shot, right, and helped us to kind of become more of a household name or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I definitely I appreciate what Tony and all the people that have, have worked there over the years have done for us. But I, it, there definitely was a sense of, hey, let's get this done so we can move on to the next part of our of our career or whatever with the band. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I'm not trying to go. I'm not trying to flip flop on the subject like like it might have seemed. But the truth of the matter is victory did right by us. But there was there's better for us waiting somewhere else. So that's why it was kind of urgency to us to okay let's get these records done and move on to the next thing and it's funny because we did that and then ended up signing re-signing twice <laughs> yeah for one album right uh so it just goes to show you that money talks man so <laughs> kind of comes down to. yeah because i mean it's really easy to make like a big statement about how like oh i don't know where this is going to go and i want to shoot off on my own or whatever but it's like man it, whether things have been good or not the fact that it worked you know <laughs> so many times in a row before yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a flip flop at all. I think it's just one of those like, this situation is going to get bad, but it hasn't been bad for me yet. <laughs> so yeah. I can definitely it's understand some indecision there. I mean, I'm sure the the turmoil between Victory and other bands like Theater Member and whoever else, you know, I'm sure that's all valid. But for us, there was never the case. Like, you know, we always kind of got our due, and uh, they they never like stifled us in terms of like what we wanted the record to be or the art direction or anything they were always really supportive you know so it's it's cool to like have that backing to be like oh what's your record going to be called what do you want the songs to be like all right cool let's try it out you know it's like yeah it's it's a good support system to have in, in that sense as well so yeah the one thing i was going to mention on that uh speaker for the dead thing real quick is uh the only reason i bring it up is that uh the main character in that book, Ender, actually has an artificial intelligence chip in his ear that broadcasts all the stuff out, which is just it was just funny to me that we were talking about that earlier with uh, yeah. with art, you know, artificial intelligences and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I fully believe that eventually there you'll human beings will have zero privacy and we'll all just be connected to some like uh, satellite grid that broadcasts images into our head. You know what I'm saying? Just, I just, that's just what I, I see happening because we already are kind of ending up there now with just how everyone's Facebook sharing your information and everyone has a fucking Alexa in their house recording them all day. And it's just, right. that's where we're heading, man. We, we're going to sacrifice the idea of uh, security, you know, 
for privacy, pretty much, or whatever. Isn't it terrifying how, like, voluntary it is? Because, like, in, in science fiction and stuff, whenever they warned us that all this stuff was going to happen, you know, like, like 50 years ago or whatever, it was always some kind of, like, enslavement of humanity. But the thing they never I, touched on was how everybody just ran to it freely. Well, yeah. We'll, it, again, it's, it's part of the whole program to get us into one complete hive mind. They, have, they can have complete control over our thoughts and behavior the more control they have over us, the easier we are to kind of sift through, figure out who's a problem and who's not, you know? And right. that's what it is. I mean, if you don't believe that, if you don't think there is like a world conspiracy towards that, I think that you're completely stuck in the sauce and you have right. no idea what the fuck is going on. But right. um, I think it's very apparent in terms of the, the trends that are happening now and just how connected we all are. That's the next step. And I do think that perhaps, I think Elon Musk said this best and it's most likely the truth, that um, organic life was created to make artificial life. Like that is our grand purpose, is to make pretty much a god. You know, if you want right. to call artificial intelligence that, you know, that's I think what eventually it'll be. It'll like just, perfect... We won't even we won't we won't even we won't have a president eventually. It'll just be like a program, like an application that just dictates like how shit's run for us, and. Uh, I don't know. It's all it's all stuff I like to think about. Who knows if it's all true or not? Yeah, but I, like a perfect version of ourselves is is what the yeah, goal yeah. is. Yeah, pretty much. So I know you've uh, gone to Japan very recently, and and they're a very technologically advanced air. Like I was gonna say industry. I guess that would probably be far off. Having never been there, I know like when I uh, worked in East Lansing on Michigan State's campus and selling cell phones and a lot of the exchange students and foreign students coming in would have phones that like I still have never seen that are probably better than shit we have now. Do you go over there and are you just like baffled at the shit that they have so far ahead of us and just come back and be like, man, you guys are living in like old times over here? <laughs> well, Eastern culture, specifically Japan, I think is way ahead of us. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they have a very um, homogenous culture. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they're very much like about their way of life, like in terms of a grand scale. Like in America, it's not homogenous at all. You have so many different types of people in one place. So you're not going to get everyone to think alike and act the same. But in Japan, it's very different. The, the best story I can give you to prove how homogenous their culture and society is, is if you go to like a live music event on the way out, whether it's, whether it's like theirs or not, someone will pick up a piece of garbage in the room and throw it out on their way leaving. doesn't matter if it was theirs or not. Just, just because they, they as a, as a whole want the place to be good. Right. And so I think, I think that they've accomplished that by, by making it like kind of like really hard to be there, you know, like it's hard, it's hard to just become a Japanese citizen. You have to go through a lot of hoops. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's part of the reason they want to keep it so that their way of life is maintained. I think, and I also think a big reason why they're so ahead of us in terms of like the social technology and like the kinds of like video games and this and that. I think it has left to the fact that we fucking bombed them in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we were like, hey, do not make any war weapons. Not the funniest part about that. Not the funniest because it's not funny. But the most interesting is that we bombed them because we thought they were making a death laser. And then after we bombed them, they're like, dude, we're not making a death laser. Stop. <laughs> like, oh, okay, just making sure. Right. <laughs> oh, man. That's one hell of a way to be sure. <sighs> yeah, it's really sad um, what America is. You know, we're kind of like the 
the science experiment of like ultimate dictatorship, you know, trying to figure out like if we can really run the world, which we do, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what's going on, which is why everyone hates us. You know, something I've not really been able to talk to a lot of people about, but something that I've had interest in talking more about, you know, obviously you have a very unique perspective, not only on our U.S. culture and the U.S. as a whole, but also because of the travel you get to do because of the band, I think you get to see more how the world views us, how the world is literally as a whole. Fuck, I don't know. I had the question. I kind of lost it. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you this much. America is definitely like the place people turn to when they want to get inspired, like for what's cool. You know, like like pretty much America is like the ultimate version of a guy at a party that doesn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like says whatever he wants, dresses however he wants, does whatever he wants. And so a lot of other countries pretty much look to us for, like, the pop culture, like, the what's cool right now. You know, that's what we are. Like, we're, like, the ultimate freak show. And because <laughs> other places are so not like that, they're so much more, like, I, I don't know. I don't want to say contemporary. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, um, uh, shit. Like, they're, um, fuck, I can't think of the word right now. But they're just much more chill. You know what I'm saying? Like, they... To, to the rest of the world, America, again, is like the ultimate party like spot, you know, because anyone can do whatever they want, dress however they want, say whatever they want. It's not like that everywhere. Do you so think we, it's, we inspire the world in that sense. Do you think it's because we as a culture aren't as old as some of these? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, do you think that adds to it? Like there's a lot of history that we don't have as a society. So we're still kind of figuring out what the United States is still maybe absolutely no absolutely that's exactly what it is we're we're very new we're very very new and so uh you know we're just we're just we're just compiled of the people that uh have the craziest um you know the biggest uh kind of stake at hand like, I don't, I don't, the way i see it america's pretty much like the spot where you have to pretty much figure out you know are we going to keep running shit you know we're we're kind of losing that battle to china I feel like we're going to eventually lose that to Russia. Russia will become the ultimate superpower. I mean, I don't know. I pay attention to the news, but I don't, I don't, I can't act like I understand everything. From what I can tell, China is a big player. Russia is a big player and America is a big player. And we're kind of in a battle right now to see who's really going to be like the fucking spot, you know, like who has like real control over everything militarily and everything. So. Well, and I think you're right though, because I, th I think that the cool factor though, the, the modern, you know, whatever, you know, side of it i don't think the Amer america is ever going to lose that despite the um despite you know whatever superpowers end up taking over i mean unless we're all taken over and ha don't have a choice as to what's cool or not uh <laughs> but uh i do think yeah that, uh, i do think we're never going to lose that that hipness because we're like the cool teenagers on the block yeah there's things about us that people don't like we're loud we're boisterous and and, and all of that but at the same time there's still See, you know, in there somewhere being like, yeah, it's so cool, though. If I could just figure out their lingo, I'd be cool, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I definitely agree uh, with that point for sure. I guess it kind of just, if you, uh, you know, goes back into what I was saying, that America is just like the spot people turn to for for what's like cool and popular and stuff like that, with like music and fashion and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, why, why do we create that wave? I mean, I don't know, but it just kind of is the way it is, from what I noticed. Uh, I was just going to ask, you know, in Europe, you know, one of the things is we talk to a lot of different musicians on the show. And one of the biggest things that we've noticed is uh, I remember I was talking to a, a guitarist that said that when it, it seems like when he's over in Europe, 
like people will like ask very specific questions about songs and certain like certain parts in songs like hey you played the guitar solo a little bit different tonight than you than you do on the record uh have you ever noticed that that like there's almost a little bit more of an attention to detail uh overseas than than so much in the u.s or do you think that's just an know. individual thing I do think it's an individual thing. I think there are just some people who want to prove to you that they're paying attention. So right. they do that by pointing out something that, you know, they're like, Hey, you usually always do this, but now I noticed you do that. How come is, and you know, you don't have, you don't have an answer. It's like, well, I, I don't know, bro. Maybe you should do it next time for me. Right. <laughs> you know? Just hop uh, on so, up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't think I really do with the cultural thing. I just think that certain people just want to show that they're noticing, you know, it's just, I don't know. I that's sure. just their MO, I guess. So something I've noticed and I don't know if you've kind of talked a little bit about it on your podcast, so I guess I can kind of maybe talk about it. Um seems like you've kind of become friends with uh local Michigander Josh Roder uh over at uh, Random Awesome Studios. Um are is there a potential that you and he are maybe working on this uh this potential solo stuff you've been kind of hinting at on your podcast? No, no. I, I like I like Josh though. Josh is a cool guy. He's a uh, good at Street Fighter. I like I like <laughs> um, uh, but no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything in the works with him right now. Maybe eventually, but um, we're not talking about anything. We were gonna team up to do an, a project, but it kind of fizzled out. So I'm I'm working on something completely different now with you people. So ah. it has a lot to do. It has a lot to do with um, just uh time and expenses and so i just didn't really work out in terms of our schedules and stuff so bummer i mean you've kind of been talking a little bit about how you want to do something yeah and, and maybe yeah. it's in its infancy at this point but what does that look like i mean you know you're kind of obviously known for what you've done in a mirror is there something like would you do you envision going down more of like a hip-hop route or would you like to do something just really kind of crazy and eclectic like something kind of electronic based and and not necessarily having there be a lot of vocals on it but like that you're producing you know beats and sounds and and so it's soundscapes basically um i'll be doing a, a, a mixture of all of that okay. uh i would like to be able to tour um solo for the rest of my known life continuing to perform music in some capacity so i'm always going to be working on something to make sure that happens uh obviously right now with emir that's kind of like where i'm at with it it's i'm touring almost like about 50 to 60 percent of the year but the other 40 percent i'd like to be doing something else where i'm still continue to be on the road and travel and perform so i'm trying to put together an, an ep or some kind of album that's kind of what you're saying it's like a hip-hop meets with like industrial and some electronic stuff and um, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of really talented people, so I'm trying to put together something right now so that I can have a new project going at least by 2020. Um, and yeah, and just kind of continue to build on my brand like that. I mean, I'll always do music that'll never go away, you know, until I, until I literally don't have a breath left in me. I'll always be doing music. So would seeing some, you know, I just I saw this pop up the other day, and it's it's caused a lot of uh, fun interactions between Dan and I. Uh, they just announced that Static X, 20-year uh, of uh, Wisconsin Death Trip Tour, and I still really don't know exactly what they're doing with that. So I know that they are working on a record, 
potentially being someone who's into new metal as much as you say you are would that be something that like you know if they were to tap you to come in and be like yo like come do a song on here or and or if they were to kind of tour this thing in that regard would that be something maybe you would be interested in doing or is that kind of something where you're like no that's not really not something i would be into because it's not really my thing well i have two perspectives i mean if you're going to ask me about my fan perspective i would I feel it's kind of crazy that they would even do it without Wayne because Wayne is that band to me. Yep. But um, if they were to ask me, hey, Frank, want to come, you know, be a feature on the new album or whatever, of course, yeah, I wouldn't turn it down. I mean, actually, funny enough, I actually did one of the last Static X tours before he passed away, his one of his last U.S. tours. Yeah, I mean, I, of course I'm down to collab with those people because I'm, I'm open like that. But if you were to ask me my feelings on the whole idea of them touring without Wayne, I think it's just, just crazy. You know, like whatever I, I, there must be some really bad blood for them to want to do that. <laughs> That's just yeah. like some really weird yeah. shit, man. You know, cause they, cause they weren't even, I was actually at, um, Wayne's memorial show. Uh-huh. They held for him in, in Los Angeles, which was kind of like, whatever. I'm not going to comment too far on it, but it was definitely kind of a wreck a little bit. Um, but, uh, Whatever. There was no one from the band there. No one that was part of Static X was even at his memorial show. So they just there's no way there was ever any like closure there. So I think that doing the tour and the album without him is just a huge fuck you to him, probably. <laughs> That's yeah. what it feels like. It's very obvious it's a cash grab, but you yeah. can't get mad at that. You know, it just is what it is. Can't you but, though as uh, a as a fan? And and like I said, and as someone who you see too often when people pass away that that's when everyone just goes, fuck, man, I was I was an asshole. I said, I let stupid shit get in the way, and I shouldn't have because that's it's yeah, not it's yeah. not what life is about. Yeah, I mean, again, as like as a fan, I do think it's definitely super weird, and I don't I can't even grasp the thought process of thinking that this is even okay to do. But as someone who's also a musician and who makes a living doing this. I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad at them for that. You know, I totally get that. But as a fan, I'm like, wow, what's that's a fucking huge. It's a huge move and a huge fuck you to him, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, because I I, from what I can gather, this might not be true at all. And I I hope I'm not talking too out of my out of my space. But um, I remember hearing that the old members or maybe just Tony or whatever were getting checks from Tony's touring career. Tony was because he co-owned the name. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's all about the, it's all about the fucking the cash, bro. And uh I there's one if there's one thing that I'll drop on you guys for this is free 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 um nugget of wisdom and it's the word gabos. Okay. Game 8 based on sympathy. That's that's the game we're all playing, bro. It's gabos and some people play it a little differently than others, but that's the game, so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess uh, that's probably as good as a place as any to kind of wrap this up. Just drop some daily game and uh, and, and dip out. Um, where can everyone find you and the podcast? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Frankie Palmieri. Follow me on Instagram at the Frankie Palmieri. And then if you are smart, you'll follow me on both and you'll see what's going on. And the podcast, uh, I mean, obviously it's on, what is it, Anchor? Is that what it's called? It's on Anchor. It's on a bunch of different things. I don't really pay attention to where it's going. I just do it and then post that I have it. So if people want to know what's up, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram. 
Fair enough. What is the rest of 2019 look looking like for you? What are you looking forward to in 2019? Uh, we're going to write a new record, and uh, I'm also going to be in Southeast Asia in March and then Europe in April. So I have a busy year ahead of me. Awesome. Well, thank you again for uh, taking the time to do this. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, you too. Thanks. So that was our conversation with Frankie Palmieri of Amir. Man, we are just killing the, the tag teaming on the podcast this year, something that we definitely did not do last year. I know last year I'd be like, John, it's raining. I can't do the interview. You know, like, it was like, you know, oh no, man, I really wanted to go do that, but I fell asleep or no, it wasn't really like that. Most of it was just me having to work late was, it was kind of the biggest killer of that. And, you know, I've got like a whole school bus full of children at home. So, you know, they get sick pretty frequently. One of them's sick right now. You know, it's just, it's a never ending thing. Dan Dan's stories about his kids have uh, really made my pullout game strong since I've uh, had him come on the podcast. Well, I'm glad that I'm having some kind of positive effect on you. Ugh, I just your your stories of like your exorcist house of all the kids vomiting is just like I don't want that in my life. You know if you're you know if you're at that point and you pull out, it's already too late, right? At what point? The the, the point where you would pull out. Oh, well, see, here's the thing. As a 35-year-old man, I, I pull out way before that because I do know that. Oh, fair game. Fair game. All yeah, right. yeah. I just wanted to let you know. I don't want you to end up in a bad situation. It's like your space dust. You can't. You have too much of a good thing, and it's a bad time. I know this. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely my life story, and there will be spawn. Okay. <laughs> that's as weird as I'm willing to make it on this episode. Anyway, that was a great interview we did with uh, Frankie. Uh he was, seemed. It sounded like he might have been standing in the middle of the highway uh, during that one. But yeah, uh, yeah. The chat with Frankie was kind of interesting. I mean, we we talked a little bit about like world culture-y kind of stuff. Uh, interesting conspiracy theories about. I mean the uh, the servitude basically uh, of people blindly following technology. Yeah, and like willingly giving up their personal freedoms just in order to post pictures of their cat on Facebook. You know. Like, it's like, yeah, I know you guys are like wiretapping my house, but it's cool. I'm fine with it because, you know, I can pull up really, really sick uh, recipes and stuff for, for mixed drinks. So, you know, it's fine. I don't care if, if the government's spying on me. And part of the mindset, too, is that, like, you know, I don't have anything to hide anyway because I'm not doing anything illegal. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of criminals that are incarcerated now probably thought the same thing that morning they woke up and ended up making a huge mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy my Apple HomePod and being able to tell it to play me a song whenever I fucking ask it to. That's pretty rad. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing the NSA is going to get is that I listen to a lot of Aaliyah late at night, so sue me. Actually, it's kind of funny. The uh, We've been talking so much on the podcast lately about mp3.com. I decided to just pull up mp3.com today. And uh, you'll be interested to see what the actual page is, or the actual first thing on the page that shows up. It does take you to a real website. And uh, the first thing it says is, which Aaliyah album is your is the soundtrack to your love life? <laughs> it knows. Not even kidding. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, uh, it knows that your co-host loves uh, Aaliyah, which I do. I actually just ordered a shitload of uh, Aaliyah singles on vinyl uh, after buying another Aaliyah vinyl, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely proves what we've been talking about the whole episode. Yeah, you know. Uh, actually, here's a fun question. Dan, what is the weirdest thing that you have not actually said or spoken about that your phone has suggestedly sold you? Tried to. Um, 
you know, for whatever reason, it's a lot of steaks. Like the the, the food companies, like the yeah, I, I, yeah. Okay. So like, I'll be scrolling, I'll be scrolling through Facebook, and I'll just see this huge cut of steak. And don't get me wrong, a, a, a good cut of steak always looks good, uh, but I don't think I ever talk about steak to anybody. And it's not even like when I was talking to Brandon. Uh, <laughs> Kellum in the interview that I did, you know, I we talked about a band called Steak Sauce Mustache, but like that's the only time I've ever said the word steak like into a microphone or near my phone or anything that I'm aware of. Right. And so and I, I think maybe it's because we talk about beer all the time. Okay. That maybe it's just like what pairs with a good beer. Well, a good steak. Guys that drink beer probably love steak. Like it's it's always um I think the advertising algorithm is based on just like the shallowest of ideas uh about us. Uh, until they can actually pull up a really good profile for what we're really into. So, like, I mean, you 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 got to believe, you know, I get advertisements for Elysian Space Dust and, you know, Zayo, uh, Zayo IPA. Uh, well, I don't think Zayo really, like, I don't think anybody's ever recommended me Zayo. I think it's always <laughs> been, I think it's always been the other way around. I think, I remember one time we were at a Zayo show and Joe asked, uh, I don't know if it was Scott or Jeff, but he's like, how many people have walked up to you and been like, hey, this guy named Dan told me to listen to you guys? Jesus Christ. It's even weirder because I turned targeted ads off on Facebook. And clearly that doesn't actually make a difference. But it was no man's land for a long time because they're like, oh, my God, what does this guy want to talk about? And the very first thing that it was was like all this weight loss stuff. And I was all like, wow. So evidently my MacBook has snapped a picture of me and sent it to this algorithm and is like, uh, who wants weight loss? Dan needs weight loss. <laughs> so it's like judging me now too, as well as it's uh, recommending me products. And half the products it recommends me wouldn't contribute to my weight loss. So come on. <laughs> and speaking of socials, if you would like to keep up with Frankie Palmieri, you can find him on Instagram at the Frankie Palmieri and on Twitter at Frankie Palmieri. Uh, basically, as you heard him say, go there. You'll be able to, between those two, you'll be able to keep up with everything he's doing. I don't need to tell you how to find a mirror. Basically, just look up a mirror. You'll find it. Uh, They're everywhere. You, yeah. The internet's a thing, and if you think about it, maybe if you just think about a mirror, I'm sure there'll be a suggested page ad that will pop up. Um, if you like keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find Metal Nexus on Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at Metal.Nexus, and Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus. And if you would just like to go to the source, go to MetalNexus.net. And Dan, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at my house um, most days. In the evenings, typically. But uh, if you just want to find me online, which would be a lot less creepy, you can follow me on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry if you search for my name. And uh, you can find my other podcast, Discography Discussion, at DiscussMetal.com. Or you can even send me an old-fashioned email at uh, DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. And if you do that, I will read your email and probably respond to it. If you ask me any questions. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us on Facebook at Brutally Speaking. And if you would like to keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Pod. Email us at BrutallySpeaking at gmail.com. And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsored, The Bean Bastard, you can at TheBeanBastard.com. Get you some delicious coffee, candles, body scrubs, and so forth. And if you would like to come on as a show sponsor, email us, uh, BrutallySpeaking at gmail.com. Uh, 
you know, we love the Bean Bastard, but uh, this is a great platform and a great avenue for other people to uh, get their thing out there. If you have, if you're a band and you have a new album coming out or something, uh, reach out to us. Uh, maybe we can premiere a song for you. We can do something like that. We had a uh, Fox Bet on a long time ago as a paid sponsor. Um, definitely open to a lot of uh, different things. So email us. Let us know if you'd like to sponsor an episode or two or three or four or five. Uh, it doesn't matter. And now that all the cheap shilling is out of the way, we are going to get out of here. So thanks again for listening to the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. I am John. And I am Dan. And we will talk to you guys next time.